Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I was talking to Colin as he was leaving the studios because now the content is starting to dry up just a little bit. We gave you the Monday, the recap, post-NBA draft, so we had a bunch of storylines to discuss there just to try to figure out what Charlotte Sports Today was leading off with. I said, hey, Colin, what was the main storyline today? He said, Oh, toe jam. (laughs) I was like, yo, that's not exactly what we're going to be leading off with. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should look into this a little more. I was too busy researching Blueprint because you texted earlier and said, hey, we should talk about this. And I'm like, wait, you're right. We absolutely should talk about the Blueprint series. I had forgotten to catch up on it because of all of the NBA draft talk. Wes, that consumed my life. Doing podcast stuff for Locked On Hornets doing an everyday show here, talking about Scoot or Brandon, all NBA draft, all the time, until finally now we can start to actually discuss some of the new stuff going on with Carolina. And this Blueprint series, catching up on it today, watching both episodes back-to-back, so I'm all good, I'm Gucci to talk about it. Really cool series, really cool series. it's pretty cool, man. It's always good stuff, man, especially I like, uh, I'm always working a job where I'm in front of a computer, So then, especially on the lunch breaks or as I'm working, too, if I have two screens, I love to put on stuff like that. The reality uh, series is where I get to go behind the scenes and see how decisions get made. So for the Panthers, they set you up the first episode, introduce you to the coaches, tell you about the new philosophy and the, the new era being ushered in in Carolina Panthers football. And then this one, we get more. We get more of the coaches, but also they introduce you to some of the new faces on the team. So just kind of taking you step by step, introducing you to everybody. But it has been well done so far. Uh, pretty good. I like the second episode more than the first because I feel like, you know, the coaches can only be but ever so exciting in my mind. But the second one. You're going to say that in front of Deuce Staley yelling <laughs> at the camera the That's whole what time. I said, and I already knew what to expect from him because I had watched the first few episodes of Hard Knocks, man. But the players still, in my opinion, drive the shows. Like, if you watch certain shows, and I want to know from the texters out there, do you love sports reality series and uh, just the players just just driving it, so I'm more into getting to know some of those guys. Yeah, 803 wrote in, where can you stream Blueprint? Just go on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, just yep. go to YouTube. Go to the Carolina Panthers YouTube channel. It's right there. Just 25-minute episodes of pop, so you can get both in in under an hour, and both nice bite-sized pieces of information. First episode, as Wes told you, introducing the coaches, but also diving in a little more so, and giving you info on a Josh McCown. Yeah. He has his little three to five 
five minute snippet. Same mm-hmm. with Deuce Staley. Same with Thomas Brown, Ajero Avero. You really get a good introduction of all of the coaches that have been so celebrated this offseason. And then you make the transition in episode two, which just dropped yesterday. Then you get to learn a little bit about the free agent acquisitions that they made. Hayden Hurst has his day. Same thing with Miles Sanders. We're about to, we're about to dive into a Miles Sanders topic as well. Adam Thielen gets some shine. Even Shy Tuttle. I liked Shy Tuttle a lot yeah. watching what he was about. And so you can go check that out on YouTube. And same thing. We'll reiter- reiterate the question Wes just asked. How much do you like the Blueprint series so far? And I want to know specifically what stood out to you. Tell us the main takeaway that you've had so far about the Blueprint series that you've watched. The number to text is 704-570-9610. The other news real quickly before we get off the bus I got to inform you about the bus driver, the new one, kind of old, familiar, new face hopping back in the saddle. Shroppy going to be with us. Wasn't going long. No, No, he wasn't. We're going to have to give you another send off. Uh, Maybe not as emotional because you might be back the week after, (laughs) but I do like the send off. (laughs) And we'll give you a nice welcome back. How are you feeling coming back into the uh, producer chair? Feeling good. It's always nice to be in here. Um, I always have a blast with you guys. And, yeah, just looking forward for the rest of this week. And I know I know. Smoke said he thought he'd be back on Wednesday after having his wisdom teeth removed. And, <laughs> oh, That's right. I did. How naive. I was listening to the Kyle Bailey show yesterday, though. And Smoke said he had a text message from his dad. Yeah. And he was discussing how his dad texted him and said, I didn't raise no wuss. You're going to be back at work the next day. (laughs) But people here are trying to take care of him a little bit more, saying, no, it's okay. Stay home. You're good. Come back next week. Because if you have four wisdom teeth taken out, you're going to be out for a little while. Oh, yeah. Especially when you talk for a living. Mm -hmm. Especially when you got to go back and forth and have all the content to get through. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So, Shroppy, he's going to be helping us out all week long. And uh, he's going to be the bus driver. Speaking of, let's pull up to the scene. Go ahead and open up the door. Shroppy, let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. So we like the content. We want to know how much you like the content from the Blueprint series. First thing that stands out to you, something that was a big storyline, something that might have changed your mind about one of the coaches that you knew were a part of this staff. But, oh, okay, Deuce Staley. He's actually a legitimate associate head coach. It's not just a title. He runs things. He talks to the defense. Maybe it's Josh McCown, someone that's really worked well with a Bryce Young, and you think Bryce Young is now going to be even smarter than he already is because McCown has come in and made that seamless transition. Anything that stood out to you, Wes, that you wanted to share? Uh, I like the nostalgia that they played on for sure, especially at the end of the first episode when Dom Capers and Frank Reich sit down. They go through old memorabilia from the first season in Carolina and I like how they brought up their first game together was in Atlanta when Frank was the quarterback and Dom was the head coach and then how their first game together in this new era of football is going to be in Atlanta as well how Dom went for two so I thought that that was uh, pretty cool that they played up on that and um, what else did I like and then in this second episode I like the the Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst kind of sections to get to know those guys a little bit more. All right. If I go back over the coaches and some of those intros, if we want to go to Deuce Staley first, what's funny is to see him mixing it up with some of the players out there on the field. 
You're, you don't need Cam Newton out there right now. You got Deuce Staley <laughs> yes, talking Deuce Staley. all sorts of trash. Yeah. One of my favorite moments is Deuce Staley. They would score a touchdown, clearly run to the offense, being a running back coach. But then J.C. Horn picked it off in a drill. And then as soon as he intercepted the pass, Deuce Staley, a little quiet, J.C. runs over to Deuce, hands him the football, and he says, stop running your mouth, yeah. and then runs away. And then Deuce like, I'm going to get you eight. Yeah. I'm going to get you number eight. I think that relationship is really cool to see. Deuce and Von Bell mixing it up also. Von Bell going back and forth between his running back coach. I think that relationship is really cool. And then to have another former player on the staff, like Josh McCown, I thought Frank Reich discussing when he said words don't can't describe how much I want him on the coaching staff. I could not picture a better QB coach to work with the number one overall selection. And McCown gave us a bar. Wes, are you ready for this? Leadership is a contact sport. You got to be in the you got to be in the trenches with these guys. You got to be alongside them. Leadership is a contact sport. Straight up bar from Josh McCann. That was definitely a bar, man. And you could see just his style of coaching with the guys. And he's a guy that I think Bryce Young, they're going to get along really, really well. He just seems really relatable and just uh, just a, a guy, man. You know what I'm saying? You could tell he comes from that locker room culture, the way he interacts with the players, especially his quarterbacks. And he doesn't have the, the, the stuffy coach's demeanor or just the all-business like. Like, he's giving you a little bit of business, but he also is very relatable. So, yeah, he does look like he's going to be a very good addition on that staff. It seems they give you a real transparent look into how they put together this coaching staff. And there's a reason everyone was so happy once all of this came together. Frank Reich talked about how he went with some familiar faces. You go with the experience. You check off all the boxes from old guys that have been in the game for a long time to new innovative minds but it's not that you just went the people that you were familiar with and I think that was the case with Thomas Brown when we got his section you have him come in as an offensive coordinator they went back on his playing days being a running back at Georgia but also being OC in the college game working with Sean McVay and Frank told you I didn't have any relationship with Thomas Brown. I hardly knew him at all. But once we got done with the interview process, I knew exactly how much I wanted that guy on the coaching staff. And you give him as high a title as OC, where you're even integrating his plays into what you want to do as an already offensive-minded coach. I thought it was really cool to just say, okay, Frank Reich likes a lot of these different coaches. He's worked with them before. You have that familiarity. That's a good thing. But it didn't deter you from going outside of what your company comfort level is to go get smart minds that worked with other smart organizations and then you bring them aboard you can learn something from them he seems frank reich seems to really empower his assistant coaches he was very very clear to tell you do staley as the assistant head coach it's not just a title he's out there running stuff frank reich seems like the type of guy wes that empowers not only his players we can get to some of that but also the coaches on the staff and i think that's going to build for a very good relationship on all counts and i think he's a great example of a guy that's played the game and he knows what his experiences were like and he knows the coaches that probably got on his nerves and the staffs. And so he said, listen, he treats men like men. And that was the thing that um, 
Big Deshaun Williams said about him as well. He said, Frank's going to treat you uh, how a man is supposed to. And I think that's the vibe that you get from Frank Wright when you said he gives the coaches the autonomy to be able to come out and perform to their titles. And I think you have to like that. And then the fact of him bringing Thomas Brown on without a relationship, I think it's pretty cool and shows you that he's willing to make necessary moves to get the staff where he feels like it needs to be. Because so much in coaching is relationships. You see guys get fired in one place for doing a poor job and they get picked up immediately because of those relationships for better or for worse. And so for him to be willing to go outside of his comfort zone to go grab a guy that he feels like is innovative and feels like he can really help the staff and help him, I think was really cool as well. Even to end episode one, to see Jake DeLome and Luke Keekley talking under the tent, yeah. discussing the aura surrounding the Panthers practice. And it was, it seemed to be a genuine conversation where Luke went over to Jake and said, were you out at practice today? Were you out there? These guys want to play hard. Energy was mind boggling. And Jake was nodding in emphatic agreement. Yes, 100%. It was crazy out there on the practice field. So all of this hype surrounding this team it's phenomenal to be a part of. They got to go out and win football games, but it's okay to lean into the hope. And that's why this Carolina Panthers content is doing so well. And everybody wants to watch the, I mean, look, if legends are out there, they didn't even highlight Smitty out there on the football field, but you could see him in the background. They might give you a little snippet of a close-up yeah, on it's, him. Yeah, it's going to come, though. But he's ta- I'm sure it is. Yeah. But he was out there talking with Terrace Marshall Jr. He's out there dapping up Bryce Young. You can even see Smitty out there. We just talked to Thomas Davis, how they li- uh, relied on him to give an end-of-practice speech. I like embracing the culture. To David Tepper's credit, he's always been one to focus on that, lean into the culture, lean into the legends that have been here with this organization. But it almost seems like now it's reciprocated because you have such a different regime. Not to say that people didn't like Matt Rule as a guy, but we talked with TD. He was on these airwaves. It's a different feel out there with Frank Reich and this coaching staff compared to what it was with Matt Rule. And so I think the legends embracing this team, this coaching staff, that's going to speak volumes. And it's going to make it okay for this fan base to just jump on in. Yeah, I mean, we had TD out there, and he talked about how under the rule regime, the vibe was just different, and guys weren't uh, bought in, so to speak. But now this team does have a buzz, uh, really unlike any that I've seen in quite some time when you just talk about everything coming together from everything they've done in the offseason. Now you watch uh, the Blueprint series, and it just continues to build the buzz for this football team because I think a lot of it obviously has to do with the quarterback that they brought in and the belief that they have in him and what they're seeing from him already. If you draft a defensive tackle at number nine, if they had stayed there, I don't think the buzz is quite the same with this football team, but you bring Bryce Young in, a guy that's really making people believe on top of everything else that you've done. You're seeing it on the Blueprint series. The buzz is palpable when you talk about Luke Keekley talking to Jake DeLome. I think guys are ready to go. Thomas Davis and everything he's saying. So this is going to be a, a very interesting year, and things are really lining up in their favor as we march towards training camp. We have text coming in discussing the series. We can get to that on the other side of the break. I also want to talk a little more about how the players were highlighted in Episode 2. Who are the players that you expect to be fan favorites? We'll get to that in just a moment. On Wesson Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I just, I just right now we should start the show. Gonna let that play out a little bit. And my mic's on. There you go. Had to lay a play out. I'm glad I didn't curse. <laughs> you know my Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. See, this is what happens, though. Like, usually I'll just turn on my mic, usually. And then Fiddy will turn off the mic as we go to break. But I forgot we got Shrop back in the saddle, so I needed to continue to watch the on-off button. But it's okay. You, it's okay that you got a peek behind the curtain, a little blueprint, Wesson Walker style. That's right, man. We stay giving that to the people, man. I wanted to, to, to test the text line real quick if I could. You sure can. Well, I, I talked about the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen at the end of Jeff's show. And so I got uh, a question on the text line from Chach Doctor that asked me <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega, who would win because the Kenny Omega will Osprey match. I said I'd heard about it on the blog that how good or a uh, podcast, how good that match was and Bully Ray from the Dudley boys called it a, a masterpiece and was going to compare it to the Mona Lisa, if not for one nitpick. And I was skeptical, man, but I watched the show, bought a pay-per-view after the fact. And man, the match, it was about 50 minutes. It was me and my son owed about four or five times. There were moves in there. <laughs> I hadn't seen before. There was blood. There was, I mean, Kickouts, yeah. kickouts after finishing moves. Like you thinking the match is done, cats kicking out. It was the best match I've ever seen. Roman versus Kenny Omega, man, that would be something spectacular. If I had to pick for Chats Doctor, God, that's so difficult <laughs> to pick. Great day. It's so difficult to pick. I'm gonna go with Roman Reigns though, man. I, I would go with Roman versus Kenny, but Kenny Omega, man, that's my guy. I know um, you have no clue what I'm talking about. But it's okay. I've heard of Roman Reigns, though. Yeah. I don't know who Kenny Omega is. Kenny Omega is like one of the – he came over from New Japan wrestling to AEW. Everybody wanted him, but he's widely regarded as one of the best of all time and one of the top two or three doing it today. Like, Has anybody made a KO reference? Has anybody played off of that? Or do I need to give that to you so you can pass it on to your wrestling people? Yeah, I just have to, you know, play on it to, to pass it to my wrestling people. Okay. He has great nicknames, the cleaner, the terminator. It depends on which character he wants to be that day. And I'm definitely copping a Kenny Omega t-shirt very soon. Okay. Uh, for $12 or less? No, not twelve dollars. It might cost me a little limit. bit. I saw one online, the one that I actually did like that was Terminator themed was nineteen bucks. So that's that's right in my range. That is. Uh Chach Doctor, <laughs> he tweeted at us and said, Love you guys. We love you, Chach yeah, Doctor. Man. And we love your name. Um, I will throw this to the text line. Um, you mentioned Kenny Omega. Duke David says he's overrated, yeah, no, by he's the not. way. He's, he's not. not. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he puts his body. He's hurt all the time because he uh -huh. puts his body on the line. He does. Every, I mean, the guy, I'll show you a clip during the break, but uh, Kenny Osprey slammed his head into the announcer table Ooh, during the match. And he didn't even try to, you know, wrestling, you can see some of the moves. They try to protect themselves. 
no protection, head first, right into the thing. It, I mean, he gives you 150%. All right, let's go rapid-fire comments on some of the wrestling uh, questions that are coming in, because I do want to get to the blueprint <laughs> answers as well. Ray DeRiv says, Wes, are we talking WWE wrestling? Yes, we are, Ray. No, we're talking AEW. We're talking AEW, yeah, AEW Ray. is more like a polished ECW and it's got that gritty feel like the WCW had. I didn't even know. I always, These are just acronyms. You're, you're just throwing out yeah. letters. The wrestling is no. I didn't know there was anything else other than just the one yeah. league. AEW came around a, a couple years ago. Tony Khan's. Uh, A&W I mean, is Shad a root Khan's. beer, Wes. It's not a wrestling league. <laughs> Shad Khan's son owns AEW. Oh, okay. Yes, Tony Khan. There you go. 704 said, I would love to see Kenny Omega versus Seth Rollins. Is that a fight you'd like to see? Yeah, that'd be great. The Jay Cargill T question. Um, yeah, man. Oh, so I'm you're not in. Lie. You're in the text line. Yeah. I'm, okay. Yes, yes. I'm not going to lie. I would love to get that. Uh, I can't talk about how much because my girl's probably listening, but Jay Cargill is, she's uh Oh, it's a girl. Else. I thought it was a guy. Yeah, okay. a woman. She's something else. Gotcha, I'll, I'll a woman. Sorry. That. Yes. There you go. 704-570-9610. If you want to continue to write in some wrestling questions, you can. What I was going to say, it's the thing, I it, it's probably top three things my girlfriend hates most about me. Mm-hmm. It's my fantasy football name, and Kenny Omega reminded me of it because of the Alpha, the Omega. Yes. My fantasy football name that i've been rolling with for quite a while it's the alpha male m-e-h-l okay alpha male okay that's pretty good though you I like, like that. so I like it. so people like it but my girlfriend thinks it's so gross have you heard of women women talking about the ick. things giving them the egg yes ick. Robbie, you oh, know you i haven't know. heard that is that a social media yeah, thing I guess, that's popping yeah, right now yeah i think it's like it's another word just for like cringe, basically, right? Okay. You, mm-hmm. you would assume, yeah. Yeah, just is there a quality about a man that gives a woman the ick? Ah. And the fact that maybe that I even play fantasy football, but there's a lot of us out there. The fact that I give my fantasy football name alpha male, it gives her the ick. She hates it. She wants me to change <laughs> it really bad. Now, I've gone with the male men before, which, okay. you know, decent, deliver, like right? We always deliver on, we deliver on Sunday, you know, no doubt. Um, but I've rolled with the alpha male and, uh, Kenny, male o- man. yeah, the, the beginning, the alpha thought about Kenny Omega. Okay. My brother in contrast has named his fantasy football team, the Omega because of what I okay. rolled with. And so like, he's the end of the road. My team name is the Cheddar City Cheddarhead <laughs> after my son. It's a little bit different than mine. Yeah. Very. The Cheddar City Cheddarhead. Yeah. Is that, he, is that a Skrilla reference? Back when I first... Uh, name the team. I call him Cheddarhead as a nickname. And then okay. uh, his mom had painted a, a, a skyline in his room back in the day. So I used to call it Cheddar City. So then I okay. Going with that. So just uh, a nice yeah, family I, reference yeah, to the football name. For sure. Go ahead, Shrop. We Shrop. need to get Let's some hear. wins. Let's oh, no, no, I can't, I can't say any of mine that I've had. Oh, and we're the, not going to force you. <laughs> he's got the inappropriate no. names. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm oh. not going to force you to go with that. All right, let's go back to the text line because I did have blueprint questions for you. Carolina okay. Panthers, they are releasing the series. They just dropped episode two on YouTube yesterday. So it's been cool to catch up on all of the Panthers content. 704-570-9610. 806 wrote in, trying to avoid a popular take about the blueprint series thomas brown has got to be top three coolest coach in the league real cool feel to thomas brown easy going yucking it up but in a real chill feel about him mm-hmm. like that take homesick panther wrote in deshaun williams might be my favorite player this year almost like an fa obata story against all odds he right. made it to carolina i hope he has a luvu year in the last one 
704 wrote in, do we think Cam will ever get involved like Jake, Luke, and Smitty are? Mm. It's a good question. What do you think, Wes? I think he would if they asked him. I don't think that he would turn the opportunity down. I think right now he's so close as far as still wanting to play and different things like that. So I think that's probably why he's not in the mix right now. But I think as the years pass, I think Cam would come through. I mean, he already coaches high school kids and is very involved with that. So I could see him mm-hmm. uh, stepping in. And I'm, I would think that maybe he and Bryce Young are having conversations at times. Well, I, I think they would fully embrace Cam. And I think David Tepper has done that before. I know some people thought the fact that he came back and gave you the second stint with Carolina, a lot of that was David Tepper driven. Matt Rule, one thing I will give him credit, yes, he threw Cam under the bus one time. Not cool. I do think Cam, or Matt Rule for the most part, did try to uplift Cam as far as somebody that came in, worked really hard, was an excellent professional veteran within the locker room, always lifting guys up. But people will remember the time that he threw Cam under the bus, which understandably, I totally get it. I do think there was a lot of good stuff that he did have to say about him. And I think that they would embrace Cam Newton because you can't, you can't embrace all of the other legends and then just leave Cam on the wayside. The difference is he's trying to get back into the league, so you have this weird gray area where Smitty's not coming back to the league. You don't have any of these other legends. Luke Keekley retired right. early. He's They're out. Gone. He's gone. So I just wonder if that is affected with Cam almost like a Hall of Fame. you got to be retired a few years before we embrace you like that. Just not five. Maybe maybe when you're done for good in a year or two, then we can start doing the whole Ring of Honor thing, come sure. back, work with the team. I wonder if that's something that you have to, to worry about. Um, speaking of fan favorites, guys that we were mentioning with Smitty, Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, they gave a lot of the showcases to guys they brought in through free agency. So not a ton of showcase on Brian Burns, some of the favorite players already for this fan base. But who out of Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, Adam Thielen, Shy Tuttle, are these some guys that you think will become fan favorites? Because it was cool to see their personality. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when you look at Deshaun Williams, people are already behind him. The whole working at Amazon story, people always relate to the underdog. So I think that that's a guy that you can't help but to like overcoming adversity. That's what America likes. So I would say that he would be my front runner uh, to be a fan favorite off of what we've seen from the show so far. And then Shy Tuttle, man, everybody likes a big, jolly guy. And yeah. that's what he's seen like that he is and that he could play some ball but you know you get the the very human moments from him laughing uh asking the coach did I hit you and and kind of being playful with the coaches coaching up Derek Brown yes so I thought that was interesting because James Campen and Chris Tabor those were the two coaches retained and I think that was the right call Frank Reich told you James Campen just a known and Tabor easy call for Frank Reich to keep those guys on the staff Campen at the end or excuse me I think even at the beginning of episode one, at the end of practice, James Campen in front of the entire team said, the players, your teammates are going to be your best teachers. We are supposed to teach you and we will do that, but your teammates are going to teach you and they're going to be the best. Well, I thought that was showed, that was shown, excuse me, I can't talk, mm-hmm. was shown in episode two when Shy Tuttle is coaching up Derek Brown. Derek Brown goes through a drill. Shy says, come back here, do that again. And he's talking about flipping his hips, said, you need to do this rep a lot better than what you just did. 
And I thought that was interesting to have some of that leadership on the defensive line, helping someone that's still relatively young in Derek mm-hmm. Brown, who has all this potential. I thought that was a cool moment between those guys. Yeah, I mean, you need that. Teammates especially holding each other accountable and the fact that Derek Brown had enough respect for his teammate to listen to what he had to say. And the one thing I noticed too, man, was when Derek Brown, just looking at him on camera, even the rest of the guys, but especially Derek Brown, I was like, good Lord. Dealing with that for 60 minutes. It's a big dude. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just his chest like a barrel. I can feel the offensive (laughs) lineman disgust in you right here. Oh, my God. And I'm just looking at I'm like, man, to deal with that for 60 minutes, that's back problems Mm -hmm. right there, man. Yeah. It would be a really tough thing to do. Oh, and he's athletic. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of the offensive lineman, my answer for this, the front runner as far as who the fan favorite's going to be, he already has been here a year. Oh, I know where you're going. Bradley Bozeman. Yes. People are going to love that guy. Really cool to see Carolina dedicate a football to his newborn son. Bozeman getting emotional when they did that. Cool to see that family tie. Also, he and his wife have embraced the community from day one. As soon as they stepped foot on North Carolina clay, they were telling you, this is our home now. And they embraced the city like no other. I thought it was really cool, not only to see Bozeman embrace the city, but also, man, remember... This is not someone that came in and started right away. It took an injury to Pat Elfline, who was starting in front of him, for Bozeman to come in and then really do a nice job, even especially run blocking, to the point where Scott Fitterer, not having Matt Rule on the regime anymore, they wanted to bring Bozeman back. Scott Fitterer also discussed how this was a tight-knit offensive line group and how bringing Bradley Bozeman back was a very big deal. Let's go back to your offensive lineman days. Let's go back to that mindset. How big of a deal is it to have that continuity? The fact that all of these guys work together and bring the best out in one another. How important was it for them to bring back Bozeman as a free agent? And how big is that going to be for them to be so tight-knit going forward? Well, it starts at the foundational level when you talk about the meeting room and and guys having a guy in there that they love a lot, uh, a guy that they respect a lot. So it starts there. But then when you get out on the field, like I said, just everybody kind of moves in unison. It's like a symphony playing music. It's like when you first get together, the music might be, somebody might be off-key here, off-key there. But when you have a bunch of guys that have been playing together, they know the system, even though they're learning a new system together, it's definitely going to help, especially it goes side-by-side when you want to break it down to that, like the left tackle and the left guard, they play beside each other all the time. So they start to figure each other out. And the left guard and the center, and then it goes so on and so forth there. The conversations that you have in between the snaps, maybe the conversations that you have if you get up to the line and don't quite know what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do. So that right. helps as well. So I think it, it helps in a lot of ways, that continuity. What do you do if you forget the play? Oh, it's the worst. When you get up there, you're like, <laughs> oh, God, because you start to get worried, and you're like, what am I supposed to do i've definitely had my share of those moments when you get up then you're like wait a minute what do we call what am i supposed to do on this one or you know the call but you're just like oh god i forgot what i'm supposed to do and sometimes you just freestyle it and you say hey i'll just take the minus well as an offensive lineman i would think maybe you can get away with not knowing the play better than other positions maybe the count is something that would be real bad but for instance a wide receiver if you forget the play you might not know what route to run if you're a yeah. lineman, you're like, block somebody. 
<laughs> this is true, but sometimes it can go, especially oh, you have sure cross can. blocks and yeah. things of that nature. Because I did that one time in high school, and my running back got obliterated because <laughs> I missed the cross block. Yeah, I bet he was mad. I blocked straight in front of me. D-tackle comes all the way through. Smash. Yeah. What do you say? You're just like, my bad? Yeah, yeah. that's all you can say. So Help him got- up. And the thing is, they can't. I mean, they can get mad at you, but yeah. what is a running back going to do to an O lineman? They're too big. You this can't. This is true, and then, and then they make mistakes too. The running backs do. Yeah, they sure. Do. It's probably not as well. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, also, they, they, as they can a miss a block that's critical as well. Yeah, to the quarterback. You come up and you're supposed to block a linebacker, and you don't. For sure. Kaboom. All right, Moose wrote in his fantasy football name. I'm going to try to pronounce this clearly so I don't mess up. Unsolicited Dak picks is his fantasy football name. We're just going to leave it there. Fantasy football names are always just very interesting. They are very interesting. I like that one, though, Moose. Uh, B-Money said, Walker, does Jay-Z make an appearance on this Panthers blueprint? Uh, No, it's (laughs) going to take seven more years before he shows up. Yeah, especially with Matt Rule now gone. Maybe he doesn't even show up at all. Uh, 980 asked another wrestling question. The hour-long steamboat versus flare match was the best that they have ever seen. Okay. Is that something you're familiar with? Uh, I'm not familiar with that match. That was back in the day. I've seen stuff about that. Ricky Steamboat, Queen City. Rick Flair, Queen City. Okay, okay. Ricky Steamboat used to have a wrestling school uh, up on Central Avenue. So uh, that's something I always thought about. Me and my boy, uh, God rest his soul, my boy Pierre, we used to always talk about how we never thought about wrestling after college and i was like we could have been harlem heat would you be able to shed all of the weight to get the abs and i guess you don't even have to do you that as a wrestler yeah you could just be a big I dude i think for sure i could have done that i want you to be an announcer for them <laughs> i think i think i could have done that and i know my mic skills would have been it would have taken some practice but i think i could have gotten to the point where i was Pretty prolific on the mic. I think so too. I think you'd be great <laughs> not only in the that. ring. I think you could be a Booker T, where you're, yes, where you have a prolific career in the ring, but and also come out after that, hop tough. on the mic, and then maybe yeah. go back into the ring every once yeah. in a while. See, I got some in there. I know a little bit. I told my, I, I told my people the other day we were watching uh, a series on Netflix about toys, and they were talking about wrestling toys. But I said I would love to. Like I said, do that and then put me through a table. I'm here for you it, love man. It. I don't know what it put is about you. Through that you like the punishment. Yeah. All right. It's the uh, <laughs> no longer do we have a fitty fast, uh, flash for the rest of the week. We're going back to shropping it like it's hot. Go ahead and play the beat, Shroppy. What you got, Shrop? All right. So last night, the College World Series ended with LSU taking the victory, and here is the call of the final out right here. There it is! And for the first time since 2009, and seventh overall, the Tigers can say we are champions. So after getting absolutely obliterated the night before, 24-4, LSU comes back. Puts up 24 hits, 18 runs, and defeats Florida 18-4 to to win their seventh That's national gracious. title. Yeah. Or, no, ninth. You tell seventh. me. Seventh. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. It's okay. My bad. I should have had that down. But, yeah, they, uh, they won their first one since 2009, and... They have two players on their team that should go top five in the draft, too. So Yeah, LSU gets the job done after sending Wake Forest home. And what was a great series between those two, was it that series that felt like the championship series compared to Florida and LSU? Um, I guess 
because you had two lopsided games in the World Series. I guess maybe you could say so, but the fact they had to go to a final game to decide it. I still go with Wake. It's just as far as the they were great close games that had you on the edge of your seat, so I would go with uh, your opinion there. But LSU, man, they, they got embarrassed the night before, and they showed a lot of resilience and bounced back and came back and returned the favor in a big way. All right, from one DJ to another, we're going to get to Fitty's visit to the mound on the other side of the break. You're listening to Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Some breaking news before we get to visit to the mound. We can talk about that to lead off the 1 o'clock hour. But apparently... According to Sal Powell of ESPN, the great Sal Pal Antonio, he said the Carolina Panthers are, quote, lurking in on DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre could possibly be a target for Carolina. And so now, while most people didn't think that there could be that potential because DeAndre has a say in where he goes, maybe New England, then we got news that he might team up with the Dalvin Cook. We know Cleveland, Deshaun Watson just put out there that he would like to be reunited with DeAndre back going to the Texans days. Now, maybe Carolina does have that possibility since we've gone all this time without him being signed. Real quickly, what do you think the chances of this uh, are happening? I think it's starting to come together, I think it's going to happen. I think that the fact that he's from around this way, I think he feels the buzz. Maybe he's watching Panthers Blueprint and says, hey, I want to be down. But I think that this is something that's just kind of been hanging around. The fact that he's already gotten a couple of offers and not taking those, I think he could look at the Panthers roster and see this as a team. He could really help, especially as far as the buzz on Bryce Young at this point. So I think all signs are pointing to him coming back to Carolina or coming to Carolina. He did say that he was kind of done with the rookie QB days. But as time goes on and you don't have a deal, then I would think the likelihood of him playing with the rookie QB might just go on up. I don't know what Fiddy is dancing to. Are you just excited for your segment to hop back into the studio for a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I came in, gave you two guys, two fist bumps, and uh, I'm excited and ready to go. Got some good baseball talk for you guys prepared. All right. I'm excited. Let's do it right now. Go ahead, Shrop. Let's hit that visit to the mound intro. Come on. We'll take you on right here, right now. Come on. Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game, and i got to get home for lunch. If I die, as ugly as you. I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked? You think she'd go out with me? Let's do the baseball thing. Fiddy, what you got to lead off with us? All right, guys. We're going to start with the series that took place over the weekend. The Rockies took two of three from the Angels. Despite being outscored 32-12 to in the series... 
including getting beaten on Saturday, 25 to 1. You're probably asking, why is that so important? That minus 20 run differential is the second largest negative run differential by a team that won a series since the Louisville Colonels had a run differential (laughs) of negative 23 against the Chicago Colts in 1897. I love the Colonels. I think I like. Oh, you. Oh, it's the Cardinals. No, I it's thought, the Colonels. Oh, I, gotcha. I put it in wrong and I caught oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I was, I I was going to ask you. I saw you, y'all looking. Yeah, I was about to ask you. Do they sell chicken in the at the concession stand? <laughs> oh, back when they played at the KFC Yum Field. Yeah, those Louisville Cardinals against the Chicago Colts. A legendary matchup. This is amazing. This is something that feels like it can only happen to the Angels, despite them actually being six games above 500 with Mike Trout and really Shohei Otani on the roster. It would be pretty ridiculous to see this stat come to fruition, but that's all we've known with them having two of the best players in baseball, still not reaching the playoffs in quite some time. This is the type of stat that you would expect. Now, We've got some hope that the Angels might actually make the postseason this year, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're really good. Did y'all see the home run that Otani hit last night? I did. It was amazing. I did not see it. Shohei is crazy. Well, Wes, it, it still hasn't landed. So if you go outside right now, you might see the ball floating in, do in like the air. I like Ken Griffey. I can just run to different spots and, and catch the ball. <laughs> well, it's funny, too. Here we are talking run differential. You mentioned that minus 20 run differential. You look at them having the best run differential in the American League as it stands currently at plus 42. Yes, a lot of that actually comes in a series that they lost. So the numbers, <laughs> this usually that's a pretty good indicator of how good you are. Not in this instance, but you got to be pulling for the Angels, man. We want Shohei. We want Trout in the postseason. Definitely. Hopefully it can happen. All right. So I mentioned yesterday that the Braves became the first team in the NL to win 50 games. Well, after last night, Spencer Strider became just the second Brave pitcher to record at least 140 strikeouts before the end of July in the World Series era, which dates back all the way to 1903. The other pitcher was John Smoltz in 1996, who recorded 145 strikeouts before the end of July. He would lead baseball that year with 276 strikeouts, and he won the Cy Young that year. Mm. So Strider, not having the type of year that we... He hasn't been as dominant, I guess you would say, from the start of the year to where he is now. But he, he's doing some historical things for a Braves team that's 18-3 and three in their last 21 games. Well, Spencer Strider has the kind of swing and miss stuff that usually fixes itself as careers go on, too. And even as years can go on, because sometimes these high strikeout guys... You can have a small sample size, which is still the case in this young season. How many games do they have left, Wes? Uh, about 234. So 234 games, you could see Strider get back on track if he's not having the year that you would expect. But with these swing and miss guys, no, maybe you don't have to be only a strikeout pitcher to be good in the league. But the fact is, if you have so many missed bats there, it's harder to hit. And so if Strider is that type of pitcher, then you expect him to get everything Working once again, really excited to see what the second half, quote-unquote, the second half unfolds for Strider. And speaking of the Braves as well, after a three-home run weekend against the Reds, Matt Olson now leads the NL on home runs with 25 and RBIs with 60. They have the most complete lineup, I think, in the NL. It's better than the Dodgers. It's better than the Padres. It's sure as heck better than the Mets. They're doing it with good pitching. They're also doing it with the bats as well. And lastly, because we are officially West, believe it or not, 
halfway through the 848-game slate that baseball teams play. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun for us to take a look at the, the, the division leaders at the halfway point to see who we believe in the most. In the AL East, it's the Rays. They're 54-27, and 27, the best record in baseball. Yeah, why aren't they just getting talked about as being a potential champion? No, I don't feel any buzz with this team. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. In the AL Central, the Twins lead it 40-40. and 40. And then the AL West, the Rangers have a five-game lead over the Astros. They're 47-31. and 31. I think it's easy to say that the Twins are the team you believe the least in because they're a 500 team, and you've got the Guardians a game and a half out. Even the Tigers are four and a half out. But I'm with you, Wes. The Rays are 54-27, and 27, yeah. and they're kind of an afterthought. I think the biggest reason why, though, is the way that they, they're constructed. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday with when we were talking some basketball, the analytics. The analytics, they win you games over 162-game sample size. But in baseball, the game changes dramatically in the postseason. Those analytics change, and it hasn't yet led to them winning a World Series. In the NL, the Braves, of course, lead the NL East. They're 51-27. and 27. The Milwaukee Brewers lead the NL Central. They're 41-37. and 37. And then still the biggest surprise in baseball, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're 47-32. and 32. They lead the AL West. After 60 or after 79 games for Arizona, though, I think it's safe to say that they're not, they're not a fluke because we've been waiting for them to fall off since Memorial Day, and it hasn't happened. If you mm. look at the last 10 games for teams, especially in the National League, you can see them in the National League. Really, some teams are getting off to hot starts. Or, excuse me, just have some hot streaks. Like the Giants are 8-2. and two. You have a couple of 7-3 teams. The Cubs are 8-2. and 7-3 and Marlins and Phillies. 9-1 and one Braves. There are some teams in the National League that are real hot right now. Where if you look at the American League, just a bunch of 500 baseball. The best streak that you have in the last 10 games in the AL, it's a couple of 6-4 and four records. Right. Where you have a ton of different 7-3, and three, a, different, a couple different 8 and twos and the nine and one with the Braves. So interesting to see the two different leagues getting hot and cold at the right and wrong time, I guess, for some of these different squads. Is that how we'll end it? Yeah, that's how we'll end it. We're not going to talk about the Mets. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go Don LaGreca. We're stuck. <laughs> but I want to. LaGreca did have one of those viral rants where he'll rant constantly, <laughs> but the one he had yesterday was amazing. He he broke the computer screen. When he shakes his mic because he really wants to fight someone. And he wants to fight a random caller. It's my favorite. And he also gave us a fantastic drop, which I do want to use a part of this uh, show. Mm. Go scratch yourself. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> you could see him not know if you wanted to go with screw. You didn't know. I think he changed it last minute, and then scratch was the natural thing to come out. And so now, as this big old insult, a bleep <laughs> you type of insult, go scratch yourself. LaGreca angry as hell, and that is Fiddy's goat on the mic. And Fiddy tried to bring some of that goatness out on the mic over there as well. Thank you for visiting to the mound. We appreciate it. Thank Team you, Mike guys. Also, you summoned for work as well. Are you late for something? This is why I like the middays. Y'all are nicer than Kyle Bailey. I, I mean, <laughs> I love the afternoon drive. Don't get it wrong, but uh, you get bullied. All right. So, Kyle <laughs> Bailey. Getting fitty to work. We'll let him go do some of those responsibilities. We have plenty more to get to going all the way up until 3 p.m. right here on Weston Walker. More Carolina Panthers conversation and Charlotte Hornets discussion. Mitch Kupchak wants a leader in free agency. Do they not already have that on the roster? It's Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. But I do think about Pop-Tarts a lot.